welcome cadets and captains to another episode of M-Class Podcast. Oh my god, I'm ready to talk about it. <laughs> Are you ready to talk about it? Call That's... 1-888-CHAT. <laughs> Are you ready to talk about it? Do we have a new shirt? That sounds like a new shirt to me. Oh Jesus. Are you ready to talk about it? And it's just a picture of us on phone lines. <laughs> 1990s ass landlines. Anyway, I'm yeah. Jeff. I'm Josh. Can I have a football phone? Oh my god, I get a Garfield phone then. Okay, that sounds like a good deal. <laughs> you mean a Chris Pratt phone? No, I... <laughs> fuck! What Here's is the thing, guy? I don't give a fuck about Garfield, and I never no, have. No, me neither, me neither. what is happening in, in Hollywood Dude, right now? I feel like I feel like Chris Pratt is fucking like a bubble. Like he's a tulip bubble. Everyone's like, we gotta get Chris Pratt. And it's like, and then somebody gets him to be something, and then like Garfield is like, we gotta get Chris Pratt. It's like, why Did Chris Pratt see murder someone? Is my question. Who who did he witness in a hit and run? Yeah, to be getting dirt. this type of star power level. Well, he's married to Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter now, so maybe Arnold, he knows some Does stuff. Arnie have... Well, I guess he knows about Arnie fucking maids. Yeah. That's fine. Anyway. <laughs> maids need to get fucked. Whether you know? you, uh, well, I mean, historically, well, the internet has taught me that, if nothing else. Maids do need to get fucked. <laughs> Yeah, there's tons of maids who need to get fucked, and there's videos that prove that they do. And uh, they are hot singles in your area right now. Sometimes a maid gets stuck in a dryer. Mm, or under a bed, for some reason. Dude, what is with that shit? What's going on with That's that? That's not what this show is about, believe it or not. <laughs> this show, uh, we sit down with a piece of Star Trek media, and we pick it apart, and uh, we rate it on the Cochrane to Catfish warp scale of quality. Uh, one is a Cochrane, which is from a good thing. And ten is a catfish, which is from a bad thing. But ten is good and one is bad. So you figure it out, fucker. <laughs> Are you ready to talk about it? <laughs> uh, this is episode... In the uh, newest collection for our program, Other Jeff's Spooky Monster of the Week collection. Uh, the monster of the week in this collection is, of course, Time. Time is on my side. Turn me into Yoda. I do like the uh, the monster of the week. Technically, in this episode, is just some guy. Yeah, he's just like <laughs> a guy who was on the station one time. This is the criminal. This is some guy. I like how they walk up to uh, a Starfleet officer and just commit a felony in the middle of broad daylight. Like, yeah, whatevs. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we're talking about season three, episode 18 of Deep Space Nine, Distant Voices. Which um, is my favorite 80s band. I'm sure that's an 80s band, right? It should be. I mean, Guided by Voices is a band. Uh, straight out the gate, this is not a very good episode. So if you really what? like this episode, maybe 
turn our show off right now because we're probably not going to be super kind to it. Don't, don't, well, if you don't like this episode, just go to Patreon and give us money and we'll do good episodes. Yeah, give us money and then we'll come back and say it's a good episode because you gave <laughs> us money. Is that payola? I don't we know. We are fully payola ready. I'm just ready to spread cheeks for money, you know? All day, every day. <laughs> spread cheeks for money. <laughs> Uh, this episode's uh, teleplay was written by Iris Stephen Bear and Robert Hewitt Wolf, like the tag team champions of writing uh, Deep Space Nine episodes. Yeah, if you have three names, you're writing good apps on Deep Space That's Nine. That's fully true. Ronald D. Moore. Yep. Um, story by Joe Minoski, originally. Joe Minoski pretty much writes stories, and then um, the teleplay gets written by someone else, is what I've learned about him, looking him up. Hmm. I wonder why that works. I don't know. I guess it's like a writer's room thing, right? Where it gets passed around and like whoever puts the most effort into it gets the listing for teleplay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I kind of picture it like there's like, I, th- I mean, I think you're right. But I kind of picture that, that, that there's like a giant like uh, like ball pit of scripts and then like they reach <laughs> in and you pick one out and like that's your script. You got to fix it. So you're going to... You're gonna go against what I say on my own fucking podcast. Yeah, I'm trying to get fired. Laughing guy himself is gonna go against what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) You are correct, sir. (laughs) You are correct, Jeff. Um, no, that would be how discovery works. Oh, motherfucker! You take that shit, Kurtzman. Kurtzman, put the picture up. You know the one. Ugh. Uh, so <laughs> this dude, um, Joe Minoski, he wrote like um, I think the difference in teleplay writer really matters when it comes to Joe Minoski because this dude wrote the original story for Darmok. Yeah. But he also wrote the original story for Masks. I mean, you win some, you win some even more. This is true. (laughs) You do win. You do win all the time with Masks. (laughs) You know, to be honest with you, I haven't seen Masks in probably like 20 years. It's bad. It's not good. (laughs) It's a bad show. I just remember the Enterprise turns into like a Incan museum. Like a... Mesoamerican, like... And then, um... (laughs) Brent Spiner, as Data, does his southern prospector voice, but without the accent, just like a really high-pitched, nasally voice for the whole episode. Why does he do that? Uh, Because he hates me personally. (laughs) Is that... I think he hates a lot of people. He... He... I think he's gotten over that, kind of. Because he used to, like, really be, like, fucking, I don't want to talk about Star Trek. Don't fucking bring up Star Trek. What else have you been in, sir? Yeah, but now he does, like, those commercials on Twitter for, like, that game. Well, now he's in Picard, so he wants to talk about Star Trek all the goddamn time. Well, he's getting paid. He's getting fucking paid again, getting that payola. (laughs) I mean, like, wasn't he getting paid anyway to talk about Star Trek when he would go to con? Yeah, you were getting paid to go to the convention to talk about Star Trek. People weren't there to talk about your role in Night Court. I mean, I would. I'd be like, do you remember in Night Court when you were Data? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember in Night Court where you played uh, a really like mean-spirited West Virginia uh, stereotype? <laughs> and then it turned out you were from Russia later for some reason? Yeah, oh my god. Oh my god. 
Did they? I know everything was that, about Night Court. Fuckers. Was that just like? Did he just like become Russian? Like they didn't even talk about it. They were no, just like he's no, Russian. He, they like. It turns out that they're spies. It's like they're Cold War spies. And oh, they're just Black pretending Widow. to be West Virginians, but they still sit, talk in that accent for the whole time. Uh, it's Black Widow. Okay. Uh, is that what Black Widow's about? <laughs> yeah, in the beginning, they're like a family, and uh, they might even be in West Virginia, honestly. No, it's yeah. Ohio. That's where it is. Okay, same shit. Same shit, yeah. And, and like, then it's like, they gotta leave, and then they turn into the agents again, and, you know. I didn't you know see this film. It's on Disney. You, can, you got that? Yeah, I could have watched it, but I did not. Um, I think... I don't I know. Think, I felt like... I'm not normally the type of person that's like, well, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched like a hundred movies back in the fucking Marvel universe, uh, Black Widow's dead. (laughs) And then they made a movie about her. Well, it takes place before the death. I I would imagine. (laughs) It'd be cool if it didn't, though. It'd be a short-ass movie otherwise. (laughs) She's dead at the end of this movie. Again? Well, no. Oh, it takes place in the present. Okay. It takes place Um, in the past, and then, like, it jumps ahead, and... I don't don't know. I felt like they missed their opportunity to make this movie, like, right after Iron Man 2. That would have been, like, the perfect time to do this movie. Yeah, that's when you That was, like, fucking 20 years ago or whatever. Like... Yeah, you start to see... Well, I think we're all starting to see the, uh... The cracks in the facade here of the Marvel. I'm starting to get, like, superhero fatigue as well. Yeah. Like, like uh, I could do without the, like, shows. Like, even the, like, the fucking trailer for, uh, what's his name? Hawkman? That Hawkeye, one? yeah. Hawkeye. It looks like Disney is just, fu- like, they just fucked it, fucked it well, up. The, like, the thing about the Hawkeye movie, since that's what this podcast is about now. Yeah, we're not is, talking about these. Um, <laughs> the Hawkeye comic by Matt Fraction and uh, Dave Aja? Oh my god. He's the artist, and I'm always harping on about how people should fucking know artist's name. Wow, Jeff. Yeah, that's... Wow. Yeah, it was David Aja. Fuck you. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah, fuck me. I'm a good boy. Yeah, gay. Good job. <laughs> the comic is about, like, how Hawkeye is, like, a fucking lazy... Like, he's a burnt-out layabout, like, fuck-up. Yeah. Who's, like... Um, trying to like get his life back together, he like he lives on like somebody else's couch and survives off of eating like old pizza and shit. He's like boring Deadpool. Uh, no, Deadpool fucking sucks. Eat my ass. But uh, I like I like Zazzy Beats. <laughs> that's fine. Um, that's that's the the movie. Deadpool that's movies the... are all right as well. But like, I'm so fucking sick of that stupid fucking character. Well, he's like the Joker, right? Everyone's like, ah, I'm Deadpool. No, you're not. <laughs> no, no, you're fucking not. Um, anyway, the uh, and the comic is like a comedy comic, and it's it's sustained on the fact that like Hawkeye is this like piece of shit whose like life is like terrible, mm-hmm. and um, the movie Hawkeye is a completely one-dimensional wooden character with no personality who has a family. Well, did you see the trailer for the... I guess it's a show, or I don't know. Like, it's like a fucking... It's like a fucking ABC sitcom. It's like... And and I kind of feel like they did that with, like, Winter Soldier and uh, Hawk uh, Falcon. 
You're Hawk Falcon, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like, I, I know that show had a lot of problems because, like, they had to redo a lot of it, but, like... <laughs> it was originally about an infectious disease yeah. that was spreading which, across like, the world. Which, like, at that point... Yeah, like, why change go, it? Why like, are you, it's, just, it's become more topical than ever yeah, now. Go with it. Right. And then, uh, but, like, I don't know, it felt very flat, and I was like, uh, this is, like... Like, there's really, really great parts to it, but then yeah. there's, like really shitty parts to it where I was like this is so boring dude I, I know I'm gonna like catch shit for this because everybody's favorite Marvel character and Marvel series is Loki yeah uh, I was mostly bored through that whole series yeah well you kinda like that that's a movie right like that show should be a movie it yeah. shouldn't be a show. I mean, I, I'm not sure if that's what hampered it for me so much. I, I guess it is kind of stretched out in a way that um, really didn't work for it. But like, they dick around. I, I'm just not the, the biggest Loki guy. Is probably yeah. the thing. I just wanted Thor to show up the whole time because I like Thor a lot, and I, Loki's yeah. all right. Yeah, I agree. But Thor didn't show up because um, he's too big for the show. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like. Uh... Kind of like the the Defenders, right? It was like, well, when is like Spider Man gonna show up? It's yeah, like, well, Spider Man's not gonna show up. Spider Man lives uh, a twenty mi- like a five yeah. minute subway ride away. Five so minute subway ride there. and a, a two minute web sling ride yeah. away from fucking Hell's Kitchen, right? Well, he doesn't go to Hell's Kitchen. That's like the thing about <laughs> Daredevil's whole shtick about being like Hell's Kitchen is like the forgotten place of New York and like. <laughs> Yeah, except I now it's to, like... I have to, like, protect it or whatever. And it's like, this is really painting a really shitty picture of all the other superheroes in New York. That they're like, I don't go to that neighborhood. Also, I don't know if anyone's been to fucking Hell's Kitchen recently, but it's not a shitty place, no, dude. it's not. There's no shitty places in Manhattan anymore. Are you crazy? Like, Manhattan's like Disney like, World now. Hell, Hell's Kitchen and Harlem have both been so fucking gentrified at this point yeah. that, like... It's not like it is in Marvel. But yeah, it, what what kind of pictures does that paint a Spider-Man? Like, I don't go to that neighborhood. I know what the people are like there. <laughs> you know how they are. Like, Spider-Man, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the Kingpin works out of that fucking place. Don't you fight him? Only when he goes to Manhattan. Only, only when he goes into the other boroughs. If, if, if he, he steps if he goes to Queens, Hell's Kitchen in the Bronx, mm. <laughs> I'm from oh, Queens. God. I don't know about all that. I'm not taking a bridge. Ugh. I'm taking the fucking path train. Fuck that. That would have been a great scene in the um, Civil War when Spider-Man comes up and he's like, "I'm from Queens or whatever," and Captain America's like, "Oh, I'm from Brooklyn," and they have that little moment. If Spider-Man would have been like, "Ew." Yeah. Because he's from Queens. <laughs> yeah, like, Brooklyn. And calls him, like, a hipster, and he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know what that means. Because he's old. That's uh, always a fun gag. <laughs> Did you know this was a Star Trek podcast? <laughs> We're 15 <laughs> minutes in, and I haven't even said anything. I haven't even said the director of this. I mean, it just goes to show you how good this episode yeah. is, really. The director's Alexander Singer, who... um. I thought I, there's like a really sort of cute little story about how he was a big fan of Star Trek, the original series. And I mean, he was directing in the 50s and 60s. He wanted to direct TOS, but he never got to. That's crazy. So when he directed Relics, 
and Scotty came back, he he like was fanboying out because he finally got to have a TOS crew member and direct right, them. and he and he got to be on the bridge for that one yep. scene. He was he was hyped for it, and that's adorable to me. Yeah, uh, he also apparently was a little bit of a weirdo. He wouldn't give the cast like uh, verbal ideas of what they did wrong in a scene. He would just make a bunch of weird facial expressions at them, and they had to figure it out. What is with this? What I mean, <laughs> at, at least he's not like fantasizing about climbing inside of a giant vagina. That's true. I guess, this, I dude, guess that's this dude good. is ninety-three years old. I don't think he fantasizes about any sex anymore. Oh man, <laughs> that sucks. Um, <laughs> this dude wrote. Uh, he directed twenty-two episodes of Star Trek. Well, he got his wish. Is he dead yeah. now? I'm sure he. Is no, dead. he's alive. What? He's ninety-three. He was born in 1928, and he's alive. Man, this guy was one years old when the stock market crashed. That's right, baby. Fuck, um, dude. He he also directed. He also worked with Kubrick sometimes. Did you know that Stanley Kubrick was crazy? <laughs> I've heard that. I've heard about this. Did you watch that documentary about him? Uh, no, I forget what it's called. I did not. Well, he made his nephew like for eyes wide shut. He wanted a of the perfect door like outside there's this one street in England where there's all these nice doors London whatever and uh he made his nephew go take these pictures of these doors to see which one he liked cause he was like OCD as fuck oh yeah and like so his nephew comes back and like they like do all the pictures and this is back when like you develop the film and shit, right? Oh yeah, this was like weeks. This is like yeah. a weeks and weeks and weeks project. It was like a whole on. thing. Yeah, yeah. So he looks at him and he's like, mm, "I don't like any of these. Go take a ladder and stand on a ladder so you're like level with the door." <laughs> I was waiting for the fucking twist on that. So one. it's like, what the fuck, dude? Just yeah. imagine that you're next to the door. He's you're a director. <laughs> He he had his he had his issues. Hey. All right, so this is episode is called Distant Voices. Hey, are you ready to talk about are it? You ready to talk about it? <laughs> the episode starts. Str- uh, I think I, I said this before we started recording, but every scene that Bashir and Garrick are in together is great, and every other scene is bad. Not good. Yeah. Uh, Bashir gets a little testy for absolutely no reason. He's going to turn 30. <laughs> yeah, I know I this was he's... a long time ago for you, but do you remember turning 30? Uh, let me think. Let me think back <laughs> to when I turned 30. The uh, Yankees just got Babe Ruth. I don't, uh, I, I didn't like feel bad when I turned 30, actually. Like, I was just like, yeah, it's fine. I felt bad when I turned 30-whatever this year. It's going to yeah. suck. I felt bad when I turned uh, in October this year, whatever age I am. I felt bad then. Yeah. It only gets worse. It's, it's still really 30s, great. everybody. Don't fucking give me that shit. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> Don't give me that shit. But um, it's it's uh, Bashir's birthday soon, and Bashir's being a little bitch about it because he's turning 30. Yeah. Um, he's, also being, he's also being like a complete little asshole because Garrett gives him a gift and he acts completely like ungrateful yeah. for it. He's he might be turning 30, but he's acting like a child. Ooh, Got him. Deal with that, Bashir. <laughs> you idiot. Got any fucking biomimetic gel for that burn? Uh you go to jail now. 
I do. Because you just asked for biomimetic jail. Oh, no! (laughs) (laughs) I'm a Um, space felon. But um, it's a Cardassian enigma tale, which is like a a mystery mystery story. Yeah. But uh, everyone is guilty in all of them. It's funny that, like, the whole race of people is just a suspicious fucking dictatorial paranoid society. (laughs) Absolutely. The whole planet is that way. And they love it. Even that old lady who lives at Garrick's house is a fucking fascist. Yeah, and they love it. Like He's like, the fun is figuring out who is guilty of what. (laughs) Oh my god. That's actually pretty cool. I mean, I I would play that. That sounds great. Yeah, that would be pretty fun. It's a good video game, right? It's also like, there would be a great little like, side effect to that, is you have to be completely on your guard, because you know everyone's guilty of something, and they can all kill you and get rid of the inspector. Well, that's that's well. Now we're now we're being Cardassian. Now that's we're right, baby. It. That's how they are, right? Um, you know how they are. <laughs> oh God, no! <laughs> this Cardassian, those, those spoonheads in Hell's fucking Kitchen, fucking dirty Cardies. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, I know it's not real, but it still feels real. Uh, I didn't know O'Brien was in this call. <laughs> but um. Bashir's like moping around because he's losing his youth because he's turning 30 and like I don't know man I I think you're an adult when you're 18 so I I mean that's the thing right like the dude fucking went through med school and you know he he basically is like the top of his profession in Starfleet which is like (laughs) like insanely grown up right like that's like the that's like the most grown up shit I've also, ever heard. He looks like he's already thirty eight. Like, yeah. Well, I was wondering. I was like, how old is is Alexander Siddig? You did how to do old some mathematics he? to figure that out. How old he was during this episode? I want to say I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna say he was thirty two. That sounds pretty reasonable. Alexander said... Oh, you're doing mathematics, huh? I, I bet. Got, if, I bet if you go to the memory alpha and scroll down to trivia, it'll tell you. Uh. He's 55. He was born in 65. What year did this episode come out? Uh, it came out in 1995. He was 30. Holy shit! Wow. Well, here's the thing, right? Is like I don't know if anybody else has sort of noticed this, but like uh, people look a lot younger these days than they did in yeah. the past. Like a lot younger. Yeah. Oh, like there's less like lead in the air and there's less yeah. <laughs> people were like smoking less yeah and, like, cigarettes drinking and, less and yeah eating yeah. nothing but red meat less <laughs> yeah because like Th- if you look at a photo of me when i was like 25 or something i look pretty much the same as i do now yeah it's just i have gray in my beard and yeah less me hair. too me me too me yeah, all right well let's not me, um me ruin me josh's opinion of himself here i'm just gonna <laughs> <laughs> but Quark comes up with a Lethian. Uh, we all know what Lethians are, of course. They've shown up a million times. They're like, um, what do you call them with, like, out hair? What's the things that stab Picard in the chest? Uh, the anarchists? Oh, my God. Oh, my God, I'll never remember. Fuck. But you're We're right, a Lethian that. is just them without their big, goofy hair. Nausicaan. The Nausicaan, yeah. Nausicaa, the Valley of the Windy. Yeah, Nausicaans of the Valley of the Winds. <laughs> 
yeah, Lethians, um, as we learn later, have psychic hands. But right now, we sure. learn that his name is Altavar, and he wants to purchase biomimetic gel. Uh, however, that is super illegal under Federation law. Like, you immediately go to jail if you even ask about it. Quark's pretty good in this scene where he's like, like, oh, this is my friend, Altavar, and he's looking to buy some biomimetic gel, and he would like, <laughs> like, like, that's pretty funny. But, like, also, like, it's... It's like this dude is such an ass fucking hole. This Lethian guy, he just yeah. makes Quark go up to this fucking like, him. police officer, essentially, right? And it's like, go ask that cop for crack. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! What are you crazy? Armin Shimmerman is good in every scene he's in, though. There are yeah. like certain actors in Deep Space Nine who always knock it out of the park, like uh, yeah. Garrick's actor, uh, mm-hmm. Robinson. Shit. Ethan Phillips as, uh, <laughs> mm, as Andrew likes. Robinson always fucking knocks it out of the park. Like, uh, <laughs> Cisco always knocks it out of the fucking park. Yeah, everyone's. I, I'm, I'm just gonna kind of spoil the rest of the episode. Everyone else in this episode, though, uh, is pretty terrible. You, there's like this feeling during this episode that no one wants to be doing it. Uh, probably because it's a shitty episode. It's like, <laughs> especially Bashir's actor. <laughs> he seems yeah. like he doesn't want to be in this episode, the whole episode. Especially well, they when gave, he's an old man. Well, they gave him an episode, right? Like this is like a like a like a one off for a character episode, yeah, right? And yeah. and like I'm sure they all read the script and were like, oh, cool, I get the day off. And then like they were like, no, you got to come in and pretend to be it's like different character. And they're all just like phoning it the fuck in, like yeah, especially Dax's care. actress, like oh man, she d- she just does not want to be there, and it's yeah. super obvious. I mean, Cisco's in it for like one half of a second, and he's great. But what, like, why is he even in the episode? Right? Like, yeah. why is it's like Avery Brooks is playing Alexander Siddig? Yeah, in but that he's scene still as well. Like nobody else does that but him, and I thought that was fun. Yeah, I guess I, I, I guess like you can't if you're like playing doubt or whatever like yeah. they're playing these concepts and it's like yeah this is dumb and the thing is like usually in these type of scenarios where like every character is playing a specific concept in someone's mind because believe it or not this happens a lot in television and movies yeah. it's plainly and painfully obvious what part of the mind everyone is playing uh, that is not the case in this muddy messy ass episode <laughs> Brennan Braga was like I brought in this Amazonian. She's gonna play your desire to go inside of a giant pussy. And they were like, alright, Brandon, go to set B and we'll be there later. And they just fucking and- locked him in there. <laughs> <laughs> they locked him in there and then they turn on the lights and it's just like a set of the inside of a giant vagina. Oh god, he'd be happy forever. And he's like, I'm in heaven. <laughs> what a horrible little troll of a man. Um... <laughs> I think we've bypassed the point of, like, libel to, like, the nth degree at this point with this man. If he ever finds out about this podcast, we are getting sued. Uh, I don't think so. It's clear. It's clearly on him to prove that we're libeling him, and I do not actually believe that they put him in a set that looks like a giant vagina. So. I don't think that's how libel works. <laughs> 
works. You have to pr- no. You ha- it's on the it's on the. They person don't have to, to prove, prove that yes, what you're do. saying is true. They have to prove that what you're saying isn't true. No, they have to prove no. <laughs> Uh, um, Bashir says no to this fucking this fucker, and he goes back to uh, Medbay, and Altavar is just trashing the place, like throwing chairs. Where's the biomimetic gel? Yeah, he's a pretty shitty criminal. Yeah. Like he's the worst criminal that's ever appeared in Star Trek. And the Weird. thing is, like Harry Mud has appeared in Star Trek. <laughs> What? I mean, I just like like there's like biomimetic gel comes up a lot in Deep Space Nine as like this fucking crazy fucking substance that like basically yeah. is like so illegal like you can't even have it anywhere. Yeah, everybody like, wants this hot gel. This hot jizz. <laughs> <laughs> so like, why would the doctor like leave the biomimetic gel like on the shelf? Like, oh, let me just go get my yeah. salve of biomimetic gel. Like it's literally it was used in the study of genetics, so that's why it's contraband. Like yeah. you just can't fucking have this shit. I guess it's sort of like a crisper gel, right? Like you put it on and it, it or makes like your you... food crispy. <laughs> nah, I'm like kidding. It, I know what crisper is. It, folks. I'm just kidding. It, it makes your chips crispy, delicious. <laughs> but he's. I like Bashir's. Like, what do you think you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> This fucking eight foot tall alien. It's the most TV way to like attack somebody. What do you think you're doing? I I like how in television like people just like go in and yell at a person like you're saying, and they don't ever just like go like call the police. No. <laughs> like, what do you think you're doing? <laughs> like, I would be like, uh, beep beep, you know? Hey, Odo, beep, boop, come beep, here. Turn into a bag and get over here, please. I need your bagness. <laughs> Your bagness. But um, he grabs Bashir's head and uses force lightning on him and knocks him out. And it's the most lame knockout I've ever seen. Like, he falls down, but he falls down slightly wrong for the way the scene is framed, so he just scoots over and then lays the rest of the way It's down. like, yeah, it's like he was trying to, like, have a seizure. They should have put fucking, like, Alka-Seltzer in his mouth or something, right? Sure. Like that Make may have been look- a little like extreme for daytime television for ninety five. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> you know we've wasted so much time that it's time for the first break. Uh, hey, let's we- talk about it. <laughs> Are you ready to talk about it? <laughs> we'll be right back after these messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. Enter a world where nothing. Who's that? What is it? What's going on? Tell me. He's going to kill us. Is as it seems. You're not going anywhere. And the only thing that's real. You can't escape, Doctor. Is the fear of death. He's going to kill us all. Next time on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Welcome back, everybody. Here's a little behind-the-scenes nugget for you. <laughs> Every time we start recording, Josh tells me to shut up for some reason. <laughs> no, it's just a new thing. Hey, want to talk about it? Let's talk about it. 
Are you ready to talk about it? That's what it was. I already forgot. We already forgot our brilliant catchphrase that everyone It's going to seem really stupid because we literally ended the last thing with that, but they don't realize that time has passed no, in between the two. it's been 20 minutes of us just bullshitting behind the yeah. scenes. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Bashir wakes up after getting fucking rocked by this Lethian, and uh, all the computers are CRT TVs that are showing channels he can't watch. Yeah, he's watching scrambled porn. That's on pr- one. pretty much exactly what it looks like. Not that I would yeah. know what it looks like. I'm a, no, I don't. I'm I'm a, so I've heard. I'm, I'm a good, upstanding citizen. I've never watched scrambled porn. I watched real porn. Uh oh. <laughs> oh no! I'm stuck under the bed, Jess. <laughs> well, zip. Um, he wanders. Out, he like uh, heads out into the promenade after he picks a chair up, which I thought was very funny. Like the place oh, his is obliterated. Chair? Yeah, he, his... he picks his his wheelie computer chair up. It sets. There's it just something about an office chair being turned over that makes a man need to pick it up. <laughs> He was just like, I can't leave this here. Someone might trip. This is a crime. I gotta pick this up. But uh, he's walking around and there's no one there. The computer's not working. He can't get anything to work. So obviously he's in his own brain, right? Like, we all fucking know at this sure. point. We've, we've seen television before. Right. We know. We've all seen... Like, nobody's on the station. He can't get a hold of anybody. Obviously, he's in a some kind of trance or yeah. something. And we start to see the point of the episode, quote-unquote, when he looks in a mirror and he has gray streaks in his side of his hair. Oh, my God. Like, this is an episode about him being afraid of aging. Yeah, and the, aging, and the aging is like the... I guess MacGuffin? Or it's like a... Like a, like a him dying is him aging like obviously like it's, sure it's so on the nose that it's not on the nose is that even possible there's, like there's like a bluntness to this episode that doesn't feel very star trek because yeah. everything is spelled out like at this point i got nothing against this episode it's when we start to get to the point where Bashir starts telling you the plot of the episode you're watching over and yeah. over again that I uh, I zoned out and started reading uh, a blog instead. Yeah, I started to look at, uh, I don't know, probably porn or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. By the way, uh, while I'm here, I want to plug a blog. Yeah. Uh, Anybody who knows me, I made a tweet about this, but anybody who knows me knows that I misspent my youth horrifically by reading Archie's Sonic the Hedgehog comic. Because <laughs> it is god-awful garbage. Uh, <laughs> and it's so funny to me how bad it is as an adult and how much I loved it as a kid. And there's a, a blog called Thanks Ken Penders on Tumblr, because Ken mm-hmm. Penders was like the main writer of all these stories. Mm-hmm. And... Oh my god, if you don't know who that guy is, please look him up. It's such a fucking wild, funny story about this one giant weirdo. And <laughs> it's so funny. But that blog is amazing. If you ever read the Archie Sonic comics, you've ever been interested in them. It's like a issue-by-issue issue recap and, like, takedown. Because there's, like... There's like a fond nostalgia that everybody has for these. And yeah. they don't... Dest- this person doesn't destroy that. That's nice. But uh, th- it is very funny. <laughs> is Archie in it? No. It's just Sonic. Yeah. The the publisher, Archie Comics. Archie, right, right, right. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. Made it, yeah. 
Although they did do a crossover at one point. Oh my god, they do a cross, dude. There's so many Archie. There's some really cool yeah, Archie ones. versus the Punisher. Yeah, there's Archie versus the Punisher. There's the newer ones that the uh, I guess we're like kind of inspired by Riverdale or, and Sabrina, where like Archie fights like zombies and shit. <laughs> I think those came first, actually. That's yeah, the I think those, why those were, shows happened. Yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah. Um, I I like follow one of the artists, Francisco Francavilla, who did a ton of the covers for uh, Archie versus the Dead or whatever. Yeah, there's Werewolf Jughead, like Jughead <laughs> turns into a there werewolf. Is. Oh, the old Sonic comic had two big crossovers that are like the funniest shit in the world to me. While I'm on it, <laughs> the one that's like less funny but it's still super funny is it crossed over with Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, that's great though. Sabrina's arch enemy in the comic is like some sort of evil witch, and she like brought Sonic as a mind controlled slave to uh the town that's awesome and used him as an enemy to try to defeat sabrina dude i'm into this that's cool and then there was a crossover (laughs) that made no sense to me as an adult or a child where um sonic the hedgehog comics crossed over with image comics okay like spawn savage dragon young bloods savage uh, dragon wild cats Wildcats, like shit. all of them, crossed over with Sonic the fucking Hedgehog. <laughs> I like the idea of Spawn and Sonic teaming up. Spawn was big at the time, so he's literally on one page. Spawn is like the most nineties thing. He's I can the most nineties thing that ever nineties. I sure. mean, X Men's pretty fucking nineties, like the the you know yeah, the, the cartoon yeah. and everything. But Spawn is like a nugget of nineties. It is the funniest shit in the world because, like, all the Sonic characters come up to the Image comic characters like kneecaps. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. <laughs> stupid as fuck. Comics are great, man. They are. That's so it, great. It was, like, during the nineties, like they just didn't know what to do with Sonic because, yeah. like, the the bulk of Sonic games came out in the early nineties, and then they just had this like eight year period where no games were coming out, and they yeah. were like, "I guess we just make it up, and just we'll make, make it really universe. bad." <laughs> yeah, man, it's like the end of like all that shit, like end of Transformers run, end of He Man, right? They were just like, um, I don't know, maybe fucking space. <laughs> you know, like, like, <laughs> knuck- like they did like a spinoff Knuckles the Echidna comic where it becomes like a political thriller. And Knuckles is Jesus in it. He can, like, walk on water. And, like, Pay attention, George Lucas. <laughs> oh, and Knuckles has 9,000 relatives who are all still alive. All of his grandpas and great-grandpas are all still alive. Is Kevin the Hedgehog there? Sadly, no. Although there are uh, many, many characters very much like Kevin the Hedgehog in like those comics. cool hedgehog guy. Who are just, um stupid characters that had like two seconds of thought put into them anyway (laughs) i need to (laughs) i need to do something and talk about these fucking comics one day man i don't know what but i need to do something i i would love to read that sabrina one oh man it's fun actually that one's actually fun (laughs) um anyway he uh Speaking of it, that had two seconds of thought put into it. <laughs> yes. Let's go back to the episode. Yeah. Um, 
Bashir finds Quark hiding behind a bar. Quark is terrified. He's like, someone's going to find us. Someone's going to kill us. And Bashir's like, who is it? Who is it? And Quark's like, I don't know, but he's scary. There's chairs flying around. We better stay here. And at this point, I'm already like annoyed at the episode because I'm like, yeah. <sighs> and you know how in this scene, Quark represents Bashir's fear pretty obviously. Yeah. Until later, O'Brien represents his fear, and Quark represents nothing? Yeah, He's well, taking o- bets? O'Brien represents his doubt, but then it turns into his fear and or something. And it, it, it's not well thought out. No. Like, like I said, these characters are so muddied. They should be crystal yeah. clear representations of these emotions, but they're not at all. I think that they thought that it was going to be like clear what they were when yeah. like they're at the table arguing with each other when he finds them in two seconds or whatever. But it just it it the characters don't work like this. It just doesn't I don't care the, that they represent his shit. I don't care. <laughs> no, no, no. There's like a there's like a fucked up disconnect as well where later he says that Dax represents his Confidence. Sense of adventure and confidence. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, like, Dax wants... She's, like, angry as fuck and violent and wants to murder the Lethian. Yeah, she's like, let's hunt him down and kill him. It's like, like, that's what? not adventure. That's, like, wrath. She's, like, representing wrath. But also, Kira represents wrath because, of course, she does. Because redheads. Because she's Kira. <laughs> Dude. Like, I, the characters are just, like... I, I I don't know. They're wasted. They're wasted in this episode. They shouldn't act this way, I guess. Yeah. Like it's just it's so on the nose, but at the same time it's so a miss. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's, it's a uh, weird combo. It's like uh it's all muddy is is the way I would describe it best. It's all like very obtuse and like hazy the way yeah. they've pulled it off like nothing really works the way they think it does it doesn't play right play uh, right get it <laughs> no please like a, please explain it to me like william shockspare <laughs> well now i get it uh garrick grabs on the bashir when he walks into the security office and uh then they fuck yeah, there's just this crazy scene of them just, like, raw-dogging on Odo's desk. And yeah. It's, it's nuts, dude. It was crazy. I definitely it's nutted. so hot. I mean, yeah. it was nuts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, like, Garrick is, like, fully exposition man for the first time. The first few times he shows up, he's like, here's what's happening. The life support and basic functions are offline. It might be a yeah. virus, an anomaly, or a dominion attack. Here's what we can do and try to so it's- deal with it. So it's none of those things, right? So, like, knowing yeah. that we know that we've seen television. Someone just shot a gun outside or something. I don't fucking know. Oh, my know. God. I heard that. You hear that? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, rest uh, in peace, your neighbor. <laughs> Rip. So knowing, like, the episode is, like, clearly he's in his head or whatever. And having Garrick say all this shit is just, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's none of those. Like, we know it's not it's compl- that. It's a completely unnecessary amount of exposition being dropped here. And he does it again later. But, also, um, Garrick tells him to have fun <laughs> or something. Yeah. He's like, he's like, what the fuck? He's like, try to relax because I <laughs> mean, Bashir's like fully, almost fully gray at this point. Uh, is that why? That's why yeah. he said it. But Bashir starts hearing voices 
in the air, like faint voices, and like we we're not stupid as an audience. Yeah. We know what's happening. Like there's the, the voices people outside. of the people in the real world. Yeah. But we have to wait a while to actually find that out. Garrick's like, I can't hear. We learn a little bit about Cardassians in this scene. Yeah. That their hearing isn't as acute as a human being's. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, I guess that makes sense because their ears are, like, weird. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. The, uh, Josh <laughs> Henderson full-on space racist. <laughs> Look, the Cardassians deserve it, alright? They are lesser beings. Alright, alright, alright. <laughs> this episode's gonna have to be cleaned up pretty heavily, so... <laughs> Normally you just have to clean up all your regular racist tirades. <laughs> But, um, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we know what the fuck's happening in this yeah. episode. Like, um, they, Bashir gives himself and Garrick a phaser, and the two split up. And even Garrick at that point is like, You take the, uh, I'll take the docking ring while you search the habitat ring in the central core. It's like, Exposition, exposition, exposition. Yeah, we're moving the story forward. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bashir's looking around with a stupid future flashlight that's harder to use than a real flashlight. Man, I wish they, like, could have had cool shit in, back in the 90s. <laughs> like, I love in, like, S- STO how, like, your flashlight just, like, hovers next to you. Like, kind of like they do it in Dune, if you saw Dune. Like, I have not seen Dune yet. Like, Paul Atreides has, like, a, like a, like, kind of like a droid, sort of, but it's a light that just follows him. It's like a torch, like, how you would carry a fucking oh, torch, that's right? that's cool. It's cool. Did you? I realized the other day, and I felt stupid that it took me so long. I was talking about Dune with uh, with Crystal, and like I was like, you know who loves Dune a ton yeah. is Paul Ritchie. Paul yeah. Ritchie loves Dune, and then I got struck by fucking lightning. I was like, oh, he loves Dune for the same reason a guy named Paul that we do know loves Dune because the main character's fucking name is Paul. Paul. I I got it because uh, like I never read Dune, but Paul likes the book Dune. Yeah, and this the movie is like really good. I really liked it, so I kind of like it was nice. I got to see like inside of my friends what he oh, likes because cool. like, I never like really like I was like Paul likes Dune. Like that movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a world of difference between yeah. the movie and the book. Yeah, I haven't read the book either. That's just what I hear. It's it's. I talked to him about it. It's pretty cool. Like he's telling me about it. I should I should read it. I should read a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, I've been listening to books a lot. Like in bed, in my fort, in my bed fort. Oh my god, you're so lucky. Well, you can make a fort too. I could. I've made a fort before as an adult. Like Crystal should... and I have made uh, two or three forts in our time. You should make a fort on your side of the bed. <laughs> no girls allowed. <laughs> and put a sign up that says, all girls allowed. <laughs> that would be great for my marriage. Happy anniversary. Uh, <laughs> but um, there's a scene that um, I guess is supposed to be like tense, where the lights go out. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I feel like this scene would have been better served with there being the sound of someone running down the hallway as the lights go out, but there isn't. It's just, like, tense music and the lights going out. I, like, got a spooky vibe from it, but it it wasn't affected. It's like everything. It just didn't hit. And I think you're right. It should have been... That would have been better. It needed, like, the sound of, like, heavy breathing and, like... The sound of like someone walking in the darkness down the hallway, or like maybe a shape that you could barely see moving in the darkness. 
You know, or maybe there's like some. I mean, just at this point, just go full like fucking fever dream and like put like a like a giant bat flying down the hall or some shit. You know what I mean? Like something, yeah, something weird, genuinely scary. Yeah. But yeah. Bashir jumps into a turbo lift, and uh, we learn very quickly that Altavar is the thing that's chasing him. Just we just learn it. Yeah, it's him. And also, he's as strong as fuck. Because I don't know if you've ever tried to like jump on top of an elevator, but they don't. They're they're strong. <laughs> yeah, he's like bashing the elevator top, uh, which in real life is made of styrofoam, so it's really giving. <laughs> And, yeah. Uh, so he's in the in the world of this show. He's strong as fuck, is what we learn. Yeah. But Bashir um, Crouch walks his way out, and he crab um, walks his way out. Yeah. And then oh. he makes it to the wardroom, and uh, well, he follows the voices of people just like scream arguing with each other, and he finds O'Brien, Kira, Odo, and Dax. Who are all completely out of character, of course, because they need to be. Yeah. Uh, but none of them are being clear enough with their motivations for us to tell which of them is supposed to be what. Except Kira points out quite daggeredly that. Ooh, nice. That's the word, fuck you. Yeah. She points out quite pointedly, that's the word I was looking for. It works. Uh, that O'Brien is a coward. So he, yeah. he's, it seems to me like he's supposed to be like fear. But right. Quark was already fear, so he right. has to be something else he's, later. He's doubt. I doubt that that war came across. Man, you're just ripping this show a new asshole today. I'm gonna get so much fucking hate for this, but you know what, man? I'm 32 years old. I'm 30 or 40 years old, and I don't <laughs> need this. <laughs> 30 to 40 years old. Possibly a, older. That is a uh, great not. bit from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> Master Shake is like, I'm 30 or 40 years old and I don't need this. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but Bashir's like, oh, my friends. And he's wearing old age makeup at this point. Oh, my God. The makeup. Dude, okay. So Alexander Sittig is 55 years old or whatever, right? Sure. He's, and he looks almost exactly the same as he did when he was 30. He's the, the prettiest man. Like, <laughs> he's, he's a, a very gorgeous guy. man. He, the older he gets, the better looking he yeah. gets as well. And they make him look like some kind of, like, fucked up, like, Bella Lugosi-esque fucking he's vampire. pruned up monster. Yeah. Like, he, he looks like... Uh, he doesn't look like a Bela Lugosi vampire. He looks like a Gary Oldman Dracula. Like he's oh, just yeah. this wrinkly old prune with this shock white hair going straight up. Gary old man. That's ooh, why. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> but uh, O'Brien's like, I don't know, guys. And Dad's yeah. just like, let's fucking kill him. And then Scooby comes in and is like, Odo's <laughs> like, you're probably the guy. Fuck you. Odo's <laughs> like, are you ready to talk about it? <laughs> and Kira's like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck and you, fuck you. You're cool, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. I thought, like, like, they were gonna go with, like, Bashir, like, gets his shit together and, like, makes them work together. Nah. They don't do that that at all. That doesn't really happen. Doesn't happen at all. He's like, look, uh, he starts giving orders, which is, like, 
almost everyone here outranks him. Yeah, he's a like a just a lieutenant. He's like, like a lieutenant, and like Kira is basic is the same rank as like a commander. Dax is a commander. O'Brien's yeah. a lower rank because he's an enlisted guy, but like yeah. Odo is the chief of security, and he's just like do what I say. Yeah. He so realizes this is when he realizes it or not. Nah, he goes down to the cargo bay. Oh my god, this is so boring. It's <laughs> convoluted, boring as fuck. <laughs> I, well, I don't want this to be one of those episodes where we just skip doing the recap because it's not that bad, but it's pretty boring. I don't remember like when certain weird things happen because none of it fits together right. Like it doesn't matter when we talk, right? No, we like just sort of jump from scene to scene. Literally, he jumps to the to the tennis court at some point. Mm-hmm. Like literally, I don't they're know. in the cargo bay, and O'Brien's like repairing shit. Okay, I don't remember this. And uh, they start to. They're like we've we've got like an audio message from somewhere outside the station. Oh, that's right. That's right. So play it. And uh, it is Dax's voice and Kira's voice and Cisco's voice, and they're talking about how O'Brien is in a coma. Bashir's in a coma. Bashir, sorry, sorry. Bashir's in a coma. I was looking at the word O'Brien on my screen. It's cool. I do it all the porn. (laughs) (laughs) I do it all the stuck under the couch. (laughs) I do it all the stepmom milfs. But uh, the voices on the thing are like O'Brien, uh, Bashir's in a coma. Did it again. Bashir's in a coma, and um, Bashir looks directly at the camera and goes, "I must be in a coma." <laughs> and now that I'm in a coma, inside of the coma, you're all part of my coma. Coma. We they say coma like forty-seven times yeah. in a row. He's like, uh, I can only pick up delta waves for me because I'm in a coma. I don't pick up any delta waves from you because you're in the coma with me. You're all figments of my imagination, and everybody's like, sorta resistant to this. <laughs> like, yeah. kinda. It, well, it's weird because like they're already like caricatures and just like like avatars of certain things like why would they give a fuck right like why would they be like why would dax be like how do we know if i'm not real dax Dax is fully on board like before anybody else she's like yeah we are part of your coma dream and everybody else is like fuck you i'm a person because you know know, they think they're people and odo's like he thinks he's people odo's (laughs) like fuck you i'm a bag I'm a goo man. <laughs> we get to see his goo manness. Yeah, he he starts melting later. Um, <laughs> but uh, they're just fucking. There's the scene feels like it lasted forever. I have no idea how long it actually lasts. But they're just like we're real people, and he's like, "No, nah, you're in my coma. No, we're real people, though." And then eventually he's like, "No, you're in a coma," and they're like, "Okay, okay, you're probably right." <laughs> It's like, what the shit, I'm not a real person. I'm just a figment of your imagination. You're right. You know what? Good. I hope you wake up soon so I die. That's what I would say. They're like, what happens when you wake up? (laughs) We're gonna die. (laughs) You'll still be part of me. I love you, O'Brien. And then Altavar just fucking uh, toasties in from the side of the screen. Toasties! (laughs) I'm glad you got that. He grabs Dax and just pulls her through the wall. (laughs) Toasty, like the cut here is so weird. 
It's almost like bad. It's like bad. Like it's not almost bad. <laughs> like it just cuts to her being. It's not even her. It's like another stunt actor, like yeah. being carried away, and she's like, "Oh no!" It's like comically stupid. Like I don't know. I was at this point. I was like, "All right." <laughs> you just reminded me of one of my favorite stories about a celebrity musician. Oh, you know Let's- David Byrne, right? Yeah, the singer of Talking Heads. He wears the big suits. Yeah, he um, Brian Eno, the producer and musician, was talking about how he's like a weird eccentric guy. Yeah, and like he's like a true eccentric in every way. The story he remembered was that they got mugged once by a group of people in New York City, <laughs> and the the thing that he remembers most vividly is the people dragging uh, David Byrne back behind a building. And him yelling, oh no! <laughs> he said it was like a real life cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> oh god. Uh, if I ever get mugged, I'm gonna go, oh no! Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, Dax like jumps or is taken through the wall and Bashir jumps towards her but then like it hard cuts to him playing tennis with Garrick yeah which I guess like later this kind of makes sense in some kind of stupid metaphorical dumb way mm. but like uh, it's Garrick and Bashir um, continue the last scenes uh, through plot which is uh, Bashir explaining to us what is happening again that he's in his mind, he's yeah. in a coma. These are all figments of his imagination. They're parts of his personality. All the dialogue is ADR at this point, and uh, what's his name? Garrick is terrible at tennis, <laughs> <laughs> and he's terrible at pretending he's good at tennis. I was I was really barely paying attention to the screen at this point. So there there are scenes where it's like there's not even a ball coming at him, and he's just pretending to hit the ball, and it's like. <laughs> It's like he couldn't, like he was just bad at tennis, like, and they couldn't like have him hit a ball. Uh, Bashir runs off. He's like, "I'm headed to ops. Fuck this." Um, That's the center of the brain. That's what he thinks. Yeah, and Garrick is like, "I don't know, Scoob." (laughs) But um, Bashir runs out into the hallway, and Cisco is there with uh, Bashir's nurse, and um, Cisco. Avery Brooks, like I said earlier, is playing Alexander Siddig in this scene, and uh, it's fun. It's a fun yeah. little scene. He's, I mean, he's good because he's an actor. Yeah, <laughs> like Shakespearean trained actor. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. Cisco how old is, is how old is Bashir at this point? Like two hundred and six. He's like seventy or something. But like, when does he turn into Yoda? He turns into Yoda in a minute. When he's like, because <laughs> when you get older, you start sounding like Yoda. You talk you backwards. About it. Yeah. He's like, uh, but instead of us, the audience being like, "Wow, I guess Cisco is his sense of like his duty and his job and his professionalism," and we figure that out because we're a smart audience. Bashir yeah. turns directly to the camera and says, "You must be my sense of professionalism." Uh oh. Oh. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> but um, 
He's like, uh, I can't do this without you, my sense of professionalism. Let's go to ops. <laughs> and he's like, and okay. Altivar fucking toasties in again. Grabs Cisco and pulls him through the wall again. At this point, it's like, all right. Like, I want this episode to be over. <laughs> Can we be done? But, like, Altavar is there, and he's like, look, I'm going to systematically destroy your mind, even though that's what I've been doing, and the audience could have figured that out if I didn't fucking say it. Yeah, we got it. We we picked it up already. We got it. You won't be able to outrun death. Look, here's your fucking uh, vital signs on the wall. Yep. Literally, here's the nail hitting the hammer. Yeah. And uh, Bashir runs away, and he finds Kira dead, and Odo's melting in the hallway. Odo does a pretty good job of... I'm, I'm really trying here to find some good... Yeah, 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 yeah. Odo does a pretty good job of dying. Like, it's... it's it he looks pretty his okay, too. even more raspy. Yeah. Because he's it, dying. It's not bad for, like, 1995. Like, sure. the way that they do it. It's he, pretty okay. He Alex Max to death. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm coming home, my sweet Alex. <laughs> <laughs> but he goes... He's, like, uh, going through the conduits to get to ops because... Uh, Odo tells him to. Yeah, but he's old as fuck, so he's like yeah. sucks at it. Because I, think, I, think I couldn't do old. it, and I'm thirty to forty years. Old. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he's. I don't know if he's Yoda yet, but he's pretty close at this point. <laughs> Dude, he literally turns into Yoda at one point. But uh, he meets O'Brien, and O'Brien's like, "Well, no, Scoob." Yeah, and O'Brien's hiding in the Jeffrey's tubes or whatever, and he's like, um. Come on, let's go. You're my sense of doubt and fear. And he's like, okay, let's that go. That could be useful. <laughs> and they go. Um, and then he just jump cuts to the promenade again outside of Quark's. Yeah, he's going in like a big circle. He's not getting anywhere. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why he's in the tubes if he just goes out of the promenade again. But okay, whatever. Uh, pointless. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. He, uh, inside of Quark's, Quark, uh, who earlier was super afraid, is now regular Quark, and he's taking bets on how long Bashir will live. Yeah, they're taking bets on who, what organ will fail first. Kidneys, it's always the kidneys. And, uh, the Lethian calls off all bets. Like, he kills O'Brien, and everybody's sad, because everybody loves O'Brien. Sure. Uh, then the Lethian shows up, and he's like, "All bets are off," and he kills Quark, and uh, Quark and Bashir runs away. And he doesn't break his hip at this point. Yeah, he falls, and he. It, it, it is a little funny the way he's like, "I can't believe it, I broke my hip." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> um, Help! I've fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> But Garrick is like, look, you can't even walk. How are you going to fucking get to Ops and fix the station? He's like, because you're going to help me. Yeah. Again, Gar- Garrick is good in this episode when he's not info dumping. He's very entertaining. God, I could just listen to him talk. Like, I don't care what he's talking about. Yeah. Like, I, I would just be like, I love listening to you, sir. Yeah, Please. Andrew Robinson has just a just a lovely skill as an actor. He, it's just amazing. He, Garrick is... Possibly the most underrated Star Trek character yeah, ever. Yeah, could be. 
Um, There's a hot take. Between, like, I think the most underrated character for me is probably between him and Barkley. Yeah, Barkley is always Because people good. hate Barkley, and I'm like, you guys are dumb. Yeah, you're supposed to, like, be like, oh, Barkley. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, not Barkley, supposed- you suck. Yeah, you're, you're not fine. supposed to be like, fucking Barkley. Fuck um, you, Broccoli. <laughs> you fucking Broccoli. I got you. It's worse than him, any insult. When he calls him Broccoli. <laughs> Captain Picard does. Oh, it's such a great scene. <laughs> it's so good. Anyway, back in this other episode. Yeah, this is um, a really good episode. There's a happy birthday Julian banner in case you didn't fucking get what this episode's about. Does he have his hat on yet? <laughs> yeah, He's like Yoda at this point for sure. Oh, dude. When he's, I forget the line, but he's like, "Mm, do you? Like, he literally is fucking Yoda. I was like, holy shit, he went full Yoda. And uh, Garrick sings along as well, which is cute. Yeah, they say, well, they get the rights to Happy Birthday back in the 90s. Like, how'd they do that? You had to pay. You had to pay the payola. Now it's fine. Now you can use it all you want. But the doctor's like, I'm going to fix the station. He opens up a circuit board and tennis balls fall out and he falls down again. Oh my god. And Bashir's like, you know what? You're not part of my brain at all. You're not helping me, and you're. uh, I don't like this. You're. Who are you? Who are. That was really good. I played Bashir in this episode. Damn. You were the Yoda Bashir? (laughs) I was Yoda in this episode. (laughs) Who are you? But Garrick turns into Altavar, and uh, Bashir tries to run away, but Altavar isn't a 9,000-year-old man, so he just catches him. <laughs> also, his hips work, and yeah. Bashir's don't, I He's guess. He's like, you love tennis more than being a doctor, and you fucked up. You didn't want to disappoint your parents. Yeah, we get a little, like, character building that later is kind of interesting like this it makes later makes this more interesting because yeah altavar thinks he he bombed on purpose because he wanted to like like stick it to his mom and dad or whatever right yeah, but, he, he was like a he's a quitter he didn't want to succeed on that yeah, level so he yeah. bombed the test like because i mean i think somebody wrote in once like uh when we did the episode where he talks about missing the question yeah. That a, uh, they wrote in and told us a preganglionic fiber and a postganglionic nerve are absolutely nothing alike. Yeah, they're nothing alike, and that's what Altavar says. Yeah. And they they cover that in this episode, which I thought was good. But and later you there, find there out. are also like these weird little hints that like Altavar is in his brain, so he knows that he's. Uh, Enhanced that he's like yeah. a genetically enhanced person. It makes Cause sense like, too because I he... wasn't good enough to be a tennis star, and he's like, "Don't lie to me. I'm in yeah. your head." Yeah, yeah. I I like it too because, uh, he's like a geneticist, right? Like Altavar, like fucks with genes, so he knows yeah. like when he sees it, right? Like that's kind of interesting, and that's really cool, and it's something you don't get the payoff to until fuck, dude, like three more seasons you know yeah it's crazy far down the road but like that's Uh, cool but all this other shenanigans (laughs) yeah it turned it turns into the standard like daytime television horse shit like oh you you love dax but you're not trying hard enough it's here's here's a good lesson that you should all at home take to heart Mm -hmm. and you should teach your children um, if you ask someone out 
and they say no, <laughs> uh, the 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 per, the best response isn't to try harder. It's yeah. to fucking accept that they said no to you. And maybe that on. is trying harder, though. You know what I mean? Maybe Ow. the path to happiness is not res- is just go with the river, man. It's true. That is what Bruce Lee taught me. That is what Bruce Lee he said. Be like water. Be my like friends. water. And also punch people with, like, a fist that could punch a diamond in half. Punch somebody from one inch away and disrupt their organs. And just stop their heart, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bashir is like, you know what, Altavar, fuck you, I'm taking a turbo lift, I'm out of here. I'm going back to my house. <laughs> and Altavar follows him, and he's like, what the fuck are you doing, dog? Yeah, you're old as shit. Bashir's like, I'm going to Med Bay because it's the center of my world. And Altavar's like, stay away from that shit or I'll kill you. And he's like, do it, fucko. I dare you, you fucking lethian piece of shit. You ain't got the balls. You, that forced lightning shit won't work in here. In here, I'm Yoda. <laughs> I just fucking kickflip you to death. I can stop force lightning with my hands. Um... But, like, he he quarantines Altavar and then he sterilizes him. So like he can't a doctor. have babies no more. Like a doctor would. <laughs> but Bashir wakes up, and he's in the he's in the infirmary, and Cisco and Dax are there, and the nurse, and they're all like, oh, you're alive. And none of them are like, what the fuck happened? How did you just come back to life? Yeah, right none now? of them you are, like, dying. None of them are like, hey, you were, like, literally dead two seconds ago, and now you look like a fucking trillion dollars. Like, what like, the what, shit? What happened? Like, uh, all your organs were failing, and now you're perfectly fine. What the fuck happened? Yeah. Uh, no, G- Bashir just goes to have lunch with Garrick. <laughs> I this is the what maybe saves the episode. Yeah, is this, this is scene. a really good back and forth. Yeah, they have a, a conversation about how interesting it is that um, Bashir assigned people he knew to the parts of his mind, and Garrick is like, uh, you know, I find it really interesting that you assigned me to being the outsider that you couldn't trust. Yeah. And Bashir's like, uh, uh. He pulls his collar. Garrick leans forward and he says, there's hope for you yet, then, Doctor. Which is just a fucking great back Do you think Garrick knows he's enhanced? I do. I think Garrick knows he's enhanced in the bedroom by this point. (laughs) God damn it, I just got so jealous of Garrick. (laughs) And of Bashir. You know that's the number one ship oh, from Deep Space yeah. Nine is Garrick and Bashir. I love how Bashir becomes this like hub of manly love. Like everybody I, wants to fuck. All the dudes want to uh, fuck Bashir. Like his friendship with O'Brien is like once in a lifetime, right? And then yeah. also he like is friends with Garrick, who is like. This evil fucking mastermind who basically, like, comes back from the dark side to, like, redeem himself, right? Like, he's, yeah. like, a hero by the end. I, dude, I, I don't, I love, I love Garrick. I would. Garrick is amazing. He's such, he's, like, the best guest character in dude. Deep Space Nine history. I would watch, I would watch a fucking, well, now I wouldn't, but I would have watched a show that was just like a, the, the the Garrick files, and it was just like Garrick doing sh- like spy that would be dope shit. As fuck. Holy fuck! And 
like you you mentioned O'Brien and Bashir, that is the most realistic friendship in Star Trek history. I've, I've said yeah. that before, but like all other friendships are very sort of formal in Star Trek. Yeah. But, like, O'Brien and Bashir are literally just two buddies who would rather spend their time together than They play video games and play darts. That's yeah. what they do. That's they what friends hang do. hang out and drink and play video games yeah. and play darts. And yep. it's the... They're just best... They take the piss out of each other all the time. Yep. Yep. It's, it's great. great. It's, it is really good. Uh, this episode, not so great. I, 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 dude, I, this is a roller coaster, but like one of those shitty roller coasters that's like a straight line. <laughs> <laughs> Until the end where it kind of is like, oh, okay, sure. Well, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. Should we take a break and then talk about our number scale? <laughs> yeah, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back after these messages with our co- patented Cochrane to Catfish warp scale of quality. We'll be right back. After these Thomas, the cheeky, fussy little tank engine, and his pals from Shining Time Station could be rolling down the track at your house now. From the island of Sodor, there's spicy young Mavis, classy Daisy, and mischievous Bill and Ben. Better watch out for those two. Now Ertl makes a Thomas the Tank engine carrying case, where you can keep ten of Thomas's sturdy die-cast metal friends neat and comfy. Shining Time Station's Thomas the Tank engine. From Ertl. Back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. We did it. We made it through our coma. We can, we came. You're all figments of our imagination. Believe oh, it. Oh no. Believe Jeff, me. You represent my totally real giant wiener. <laughs> <laughs> Don't check. <laughs> Don't check. So, uh, what did you think about this episode, Josh? Man, I have a really hard time giving any DS9 episode like a really bad grade. This, this thing be- is like Deep Space Nine is so fucking good, and like when an yeah. episode is bad, it really sticks out. I think that's part of like the curve, right? Like, so we're grading on a curve. Everyone in your class is getting A's, like because <laughs> you're you know, all dumb as hell. Because you're all yeah. getting A's. Because <laughs> I'm like a fucking idiot, so I'm getting like a C, which makes me look like I'm getting a double F, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a just a middle of the road because you could totally skip this one, and it's not good. Uh, four, five, four, five. <laughs> I was uh, just for the parts with Garrick at the beginning and end, yeah, and uh, the little bit of Avery Brooks we get. I'm going to give this a four. It would be lower otherwise. <laughs> yeah, this episode I, I think that's, yeah. not only was extremely boring. But uh, I felt insulted my intelligence and the intelligence of everyone watching because it it continuously over and over and over again explains yeah, we, to you what is happening in the we episode. all knew we got it yeah we heard about it <laughs> <laughs> even if you want to explain the coma thing once sure that's fine like there's but an entire that. scene where they explain it four times over and over again <laughs> it's repetitive and tedious. 
it is it is extremely tedious as an episode and like it's not even one of those episodes where I can just sort of zone out and get on my phone and do whatever and just sort of ignore it because it was like pissing me off every time you they started explaining it. again. You hate watched it. You fucking Ready Player One it. I I don't know. I don't know if I'd say I hate watched it because if I hate watched it, it would get a zero. That's true. A negative. Have is there a negative warp? <laughs> I don't. There's uh. If something is so unbelievably bad that it doesn't even fit on the warp scale, yeah. then I guess you can say that it's impulse. Oh, like quarter impulse, yeah. half impulse. Wow. Damn. The scale just got bigger. The scale is bigger. It goes it below also a Cochrane. Whoa. Makes you think. It makes you think. Um, <laughs> so this is a, a trip. This is for you. It's a trip. It's a five. For me, it's a sub trip. It's a yeah. Okay. All right. It, yeah. I mean, I can see four. I could totally go with four. Yeah. Too. I understand. It's cool if we have different scores. No, I know. I know. But I, 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 I just can't bring myself to give a Deep Space Nine episode a four. This, I don't that know. That might be the lowest rating I've ever given an episode. This, I mean, we've only been doing the scale for like ten or twelve episodes. But yeah, still. I feel like I feel like we would have had some. Real humdingers. Yeah. I mean, if we would have been doing the scale back when we did Star Trek V, I would have given that quarter impulse. Yeah, and when we were doing the J.J. movies, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, that is sub-impulse somehow. That's, uh, Into Darkness is, like, warping into a planet. It just destroys the entire <laughs> fucking world. Into Darkness is a zero. It's, it's a, it is as low, it's a no Not speed. moving. It's, it's sitting zero still. miles per hour. <laughs> It's uh, exploding. JJ it's a non-starter. Yep. Oy. I'm just... Uh, this episode was frustrating for me. And I mean, uh, like I said, there are some moments that really sort of redeem it that I, I'd say four or five is is a fair, fair score for this. I think it's interesting, too, that like since we take time and like sit down to watch an episode, like there are... There are obviously times when, like, I sit down and I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, Darmok, or oh, fuck yeah, Inner Light, or whatever, right? Yeah. And then this one, I was like, I don't remember this one. Like, I was like, I don't really remember this one that much. Yeah, I didn't remember this one either. And then I watch it, and I'm like, oh, I remember (laughs) this one. Sometimes you have the opposite reaction, though, where you're like, I don't remember this one, and then you watch it, and you're like, why didn't I remember that? That was so good. Like that one Voyager we did recently where I was like, that was really good. Yeah, that was a really good episode. Um, so good that I don't remember the name, but it's pretty it fucked was good. up that we had a really great Voyager episode, and now we have a really bad Deep Space Nine. They're episode. complete polar opposites, right? Like the curve of DS Nine, the like parabolic curve is like high, and then the parabolic curve is low for Voyager. They're just they're charting in different directions. So oh, like yeah. when an, when an episode is bad on Deep Space Nine, you're like, how could this be this bad? But if this was a Voyager episode, we probably would be like, yeah, it's fine, whatever. Well, that's the thing, is we're definitely grading on a curve. Like you said earlier, like, every series is sort of being graded on its own curve. Yeah. And the thing is, Deep Space Nine is out here getting A++ in in some of these episodes. So it's making the worst episodes seem worse because of it. Yep. I I don't like it. But it's the way it is, people. <laughs> Deal with it. Also, it's fine if you have a different score, if like you felt differently about this episode. Yeah, I'm sure um, people really liked it. I'm and that's cool. Like 
I, I think don't, that don't write in and tell me. Don't tell us. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that there's like missed opportunities. Like this episode could have been really good had they like oh, absolutely it's, really it's, gone into it. But I, I, this definitely feels like filler, and it definitely feels like this was rushed, and they oh, didn't yeah. really know what to do. It ironically. In an episode that explains itself over and over and over again, the problem with it is clarity. Yeah, I have no idea, like, why. It's <laughs> like, like, Garrick being the Lethian is, like, kind of interesting, but yeah. also, like, like it works more for Garrick's character, but it, it totally torpedoes the Lethian, because the Lethian is, like, a true monster of the week. Like, what the fuck is he? He's, like, nothing. Like, who yeah. cares, right? It's like... In a weird way, the I just I realized this when we were talking about it. I didn't really know when to stick it in. Is like the Lethian electrocutes Bashir's brain, and then there's like a Lethian in his brain. But is that like a Lethian superpower to leave behind like a weird shadow version of itself, or was that yeah. also just a part of Bashir's like coma fantasy? I thought it was like the Lethian was like death right at this point his fear of death or whatever but i don't know maybe you're right maybe they can do that because it seems like they like he's talking to the lethian like he's like i'm the lethian that would make the third character in this episode that's the representation of fear he's a lot of lots of fear he's got a lot of fear (laughs) going on uh, again, my biggest problem is uh, the muddied nature of the presentation, the continued repetitive explanation of being in a coma and how this shit works. Yeah, uh, the fact that Bashir becomes Yoda. <laughs> the Star Trek writers and actors seem to think that when you get old, your voice becomes really high pitched and yeah. you start smacking your lips a lot. <laughs> He's old. Do you get it? He's an old guy. He's old, everybody. Meanwhile, fucking McCoy is like 600 years old, and he's just like, I'm gonna fuck some titties. <laughs> what? Doesn't he hit on... He hits on Troy, right? He's like, if officers look like you, I'd oh. be fucking you. Oh, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> Yeah, Bones is like a million years old, and he still sounds exactly like Bones. So yeah, because he was like an actual old man who talked like that. Like that's he just sounded like himself. Yeah, I you, don't know. You don't get a different voice when you get old. Your voice just becomes like a little gruffer. I also think the makeup of the old people makeup was like not the best. Like it's true. Again, we know what he looks like now. He's not like old by any means. He's fifty five. Like that's not that old. But like, even when he's like, <laughs> supposed to be in his fifties in this episode, he looks like a fucking. I don't know, man. He looks like a prosthetic like robot. He like, looks I don't... like a a troll from Troll Two. He does. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh no. They're gonna eat me. <laughs> The, uh, oh, there's a fire truck coming, probably to put the guy out who got shot yeah, earlier. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. He got lit on oh, fire. I can kind of hear it. Full Doppler effect. Oh, uh, Teddy's going. Oh, <laughs> uh, so this episode's not great. Um, that's like the fifth time I've hit my desk or my microphone. So this gonna be a good episode. Um, it's fine. It's like, you know what, man? It's all just like the way it is. <laughs> 
You got any you know, other tangents you want to go on on this episode while we're here? No, I think we covered like a shitload of them. We did. Talked about Archie comic books. We talked about. I gotta porn do something. Getting stuck under the desk. Yeah, yeah. I gotta do something about those Archie Sonic comics. I don't know. I feel like I'd be treading old ground since that blog covers it so damn well. But like, I don't know, man. There's so much shit. It's just wild. The, the Ken Penders. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about it here. Fuck it. Uh, Ken <laughs> Penders wrote the entirety of the Knuckles comic, which was like thirty some uh, issues or whatever, and like uh-huh. about half of the Sonic comic. And uh, this dude is one of those writers that thinks sex, drugs, murder, and violence makes the story uh, more adult and cool. Yeah, well, I and mean, he did that with Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> is Sonic just hitting hitting the the yayo? Like, is, is that why uh, he's so Sonic fast? murders Robotnik in episode issue fifty? Spoilers kills him with what? Uh, big a big laser. Oh, that's that's kind of cool. It kills him. Um, but anyway, it like, it's like fucking love triangles and uh, with like, who? It's, uh, original characters, Sonic and original characters. Sonic and Kevin the Hedgehog. Isn't Kevin the Hedgehog in like a polyamorous relationship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course. Well, the the thing <laughs> of about course the, he is. The thing He's about the comics is, like, this dude, Ken Penders, created all these, like, stupid fucking OCs that, like, fill out 99% of the comic. Right. And then he sued the comic for ownership of all these characters. Okay. And the comic had to give up ownership, and then um, they didn't have any characters to write in the stories anymore. Like, half the characters that were in the story they were writing... Before the lawsuit, they couldn't use anymore. Right, so they had to just like shut them down. They right? shut down Archie Sonic. It's it it ended. Like oh. Sega was like, look, we can't have people suing our brand. Could so you please we, say the name correctly, Jeff. Sega. Sega. Uh, <laughs> the uh, they're like, we can't have people suing our fucking brand, and also th- these comics you guys have been making. Are pretty awful. It turns out we weren't yeah. reading them, but <laughs> yeah, they they didn't they didn't think to like maybe like not rock the boat so they could keep yeah. doing it right. So they, just, so they yeah. took away Archie's license for Sonic, and Aww. the thing is like Ken Penders had had not been writing Sonic for like a hundred fucking issues or something, so the comic had become pretty good since right. then. They, like, dragged it out of the mud. But, yeah, pretty much. And uh, they had to shut down, like, IDW Publishing owns Sonic now and does the comic. And apparently they're, like, really good comics. And they're not full of OCs. So we're all trying to fuck Sonic. No polyamorous Sonic. No No. laser death. Who is even reading this childish bullshit? (laughs) There's no laser death? Oh Jesus! That that comic had a skunk, uh, who kissed Princess Sally all the time. So Peppy Le Pew. Yeah, and the skunk was like in his twenties, and Sally was fifteen. <laughs> and Ken Penders was like, yeah, "Well, it's an alien it- planet. You don't know the the fucking statutary the statutory rape laws there." <laughs> I was gonna say, what is that in like hedgehog years though? Like, I don't know. I think 20s- hedgehogs live about eight years. So. 
<laughs> well, then she's ancient. I don't. She's a squirrel. I don't know how long squirrels live. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna uh, four years, five years. I don't know. But um, and also there's a, there's a fun do? story that Ken Penders wrote where Evil Sonic oh, wow. fucks Bunny, the okay. half rabbit, gr- the half robot girl. Yeah, and uh, he tells her he's the real Sonic and tricks her into having sex with him. Oh, that's fun. That's Which like a revenge of the scumbag nerds. behavior. Yeah, <laughs> apparently squirrels live for like fifteen to eighteen years. Damn, she was on her deathbed. Chipmunk six to ten years. What about course. a skunk? How long do they live? Uh, how long do uh, let's let's really bring this fucking into the litigious. Space. How long do skunks live? Three years in the wild, fifteen in captivity. That's a large difference. Yeah, no, that's like cats. Cats live like two or three years in the wild, and they can live up to twenty years in captivity. Dude, there's like thirty-year-old cats, which is crazy. Yeah, cats that are our age, thirty to forty years old. Yeah, definitely my age, just hitting thirty, like Bashir. Um, (laughs) Sonic (laughs) comics were fucking wild, man. Like, I can't... There's so many things that happen that I couldn't... I don't think, like... And I'm gonna sound like a total millennial scumbag. I don't think, like, people understand how wild the 90s were. Like, there was a lot of wild shit, man. With, like, IP properties and shit. Because no one was checking. There was no internet. Like, you could just do it and nobody knew. Like, people... Things just existed, like, separately of each other. Like, nobody knew what was happening. Like, I remember telling people, like, huge fans of Sonic. Like, oh, did you know there was a comic? And they were like, what? Yeah. They didn't know. Did you know that Knuckles was Jesus? <laughs> I mean, I knew that because I accepted Knuckles into my heart as my lord and savior. <laughs> but I don't know if, like, you know, uh, heathens knew that. I, uh, there's a, a character, Knuckles' dad is named Locke in the comics. Yeah, like... And yeah. he, um... Uh, he took because echidnas are born in eggs, right? So even in this world, they're born in eggs. Sure. And his wife, like, he knocked his wife up, and then he steals the egg. Wow. And he went and he like shot it full of fucking radiation. Okay. Uh, to turn his kid into like an ubermensch. <laughs> so, so fucking. He did genetic fucking experimentation on his child. Right. And then he comes back and the kid's born or whatever. This and is then, your like, Riverdale, dude. This yeah, is your yeah, Riverdale. Yeah, yeah. And um, he, Locke, like, divorces his wife because his <laughs> wife's like, look, we need to raise this kid together as, like, a normal child. And Locke's like, nope, gonna scar him for life. We're divorced now. And uh, Locke raises Knuckles in the wild, telling him that he they're the only two echidnas left alive. Wow. Even though there's a whole society of them. He, like, Kimmy Schmitz them. He, like, locks yeah. them in the vault. And, and when Knuckles was, like, ten years old, Locke is like, look, you're the guardian now, and then jumps into a wall of fire and kills himself. I, dude, Except he I, didn't really. He goes to an underground bunker and fucking monitors his son's entire life from then on and keeps sending traps and shit to try and kill him. Is this, the, strong. is this where Lost got half of its ideas? Gotta be, man. It's very and similar. Then, and then, like, fucking Knuckles finds out as an adult that his dad lied to him his entire life. And there's an entire city full of echidnas. And his mom is still alive. His dad told him his mom was dead. 
<laughs> and the fi- the time when he finally meets his dad and finds out that he's not dead, uh, the comic tries to t- tries to treat it like his dad was right all along, oh and you God. should believe him. <laughs> It's like, it doesn't even know what direction. Dude, it's Riverdale. It's fucking Riverdale, man. The comic is fully like Locke was right to do all this shit. Was the city they lived in called A Kid New Orleans? Uh, dude. It's called A Kidnopolis. Oh, I was close. You were so close. I was so close. Holy shit. Oh my god, dude. Like. That comic is so... It becomes, like, a soap opera. So yeah. fast. Yeah. And it's starring Sonic characters. The fact that something like that exists is, like... It's, like... I don't know. I find, like, a, a weird beauty in it. Because it's yeah. so weird, right? Yes, like, yes, yes, yes. That's why I'm so, like, obsessed with it. Because it's... Yeah. So, I always have been because it's so fucking bad and terrible and it's, stupid. But it got made. It exists. It's, like, how... Like, it, I don't know. It just... It, it, it gives me, like, this weird hope that, like, anything can happen. Because yeah. that is a thing, right? The, the best part about it, the whole thing is that Ken Penders created one thousand Knuckles. They're all like they all look exactly like him, but they're wearing different clothes. Okay, yeah, and for the city, he sued for the for ownership all of all these Knuckleses. Yeah, and now he's he created this um, this character named Laura Sue, who was Knuckles' girlfriend, <laughs> who was just pink Knuckles. <laughs> and he well, loved this character so much that he's creating to this day he's working on the Laura Sue Chronicles using the thousand knuckleses he made as all the characters. I mean, here's the thing though, right? Like you've created a thousand knuckles characters. Just create yeah. a thousand more, dude. Don't sue them for the rights. Just do new ones. Like well, they're all already stupid. Cre- is the thing like they're all, like none of them have any personality. Yeah, they're just a bad writer. Yeah. But I need you to see what the Laura Sue Chronicles looks like. Let yeah, let me, f- me see. I can't wait. Oh, my God. You're going to get me into this shit now, huh? Uh, here's the thing as well. Like, uh, I'll, I might post this somewhere for people to see after this as well. But um, the f- front three characters that look, quote-unquote, the best are oh, traced wow. from a cover of the Knuckles comic. Holy All the ones shit. in the back are how it actually looks. Actually, just Google Laura Sue Chronicles and pick up, and click the first image, and you'll see what I'm seeing, everyone. This looks like the most fucking, like... Also, Anthony Mackie with a toilet bowl on his head in the background there? <laughs> what is happening? I wish they could see this. Go look this up. Put this in, like, the show notes or something. Oh, This my is God. absurd. This is fully libel, by the way. I don't even give a fuck. <laughs> no, this is fine. We're just... We're, we're reviewing it. This is, looks But, nuts. I mean, the main character here is Pink Knuckles, and the actual Knuckles is in it. He just has a goatee. And he has <laughs> a cowboy hat. hat. He has an Australian, like, like Chip and Dale hat on, right? This is... Um, I can tell Pink Knuckles is down to fuck because she's got three earrings in her ear. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, there are two Pink Knuckleses on this Oh, cover. what's the red-headed Pink Knuckles here? What's her? Oh, there's three... There's four Pink Knuckles! <laughs> yeah. Because there's a Pink Knuckles up front, too. 
She's yeah, got long hair. Who's that? That's Laura Sue. Oh, who's the one who's the hot, like the next on the left? Who? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, I I don't know. I don't know. Here here's like a good representation of what uh, Laura Sue looks like. I like how Laura Sue is like Mary Sue. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. That's that's more like it. All right, <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking about this. She's yeah, fuck. she's fucking Lilu Dallas. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> That's that's more what I thought this was gonna be. I'm like I'm just astounded, right? Like there is some some sort of like twisted beauty in the fact that th- this type of shit can be made. Like you can yeah. make whatever you want, folks. If you ever think that you can't do something, look at the Laura Sue Chronicle. <laughs> right, Laura Sue Chronicles exists. It's. The sky is the fucking limit, <laughs> and you can do anything. You can do this anything. Made me want to make comics more than anything because you can just you can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> what a hopeful message at this impromptu shoot the shit that we just did. <laughs> just a sh- short the shit. Oh, that's a brilliant idea. Short the shit here at the end. That's for, that's clever. That's a thank clever you. I'm, that's why they pay me the big bucks, and you too can pay us the big bucks. Ooh, what a nice transition. I'm getting transitiony here. Yeah, you can pay us the big bucks or the small bucks by heading on over to patreoncom podcast where for as little as a dollar you get access to behind the scenes posts, a Discord full of your fellow Trek boys. Wallpapers of all the art made for M-Class Podcast by yours truly. Oh, yeah. They're always good. For more dough, you get uh, access to other podcasts like Jeff and Josh Shoot the Shit. If you enjoyed our tangents, it's just an entire podcast of that. Yep, it's just us talking about shit we like or don't like or whatever. Or whatever. Sometimes we don't even know what the fuck we're talking about. (laughs) You also get access to the big thing that we're doing right now uh, that I'm really sort of proud of because it was so fun to do, and I think it it's coming so across. Yeah. It's a Trek Your Own Trek Venture, where we pick up a pick-a-page adventure book, and <laughs> uh, we uh, go through the Star Trek adventures therein. Each of, There are three episodes. The second one is out uh, by the time you're listening to this. It's been out for about a week for patrons. Uh, it is extremely funny. I read the book, and Josh makes all the decisions for our hero, Ensign Ricky. Ensign <laughs> Ricky. So I've check never that been out. wrong. I've never made a bad decision. No, we definitely didn't flip back to the page we were on a hundred times. <laughs> we just have a fucking like chronometer. We just like hit it. We just go. Um, so become a patron today. You can follow us on Twitter at mclasspodcast. Shoot us an email at mclassemail at gmail.com to be part of our other program, mclass email. I'd uh, like to give a big old shout out to Vitizen for the use of his track Outer Space Race for our theme song. Uh, Dude, can- I've been listening to Valiant Hearts like... Oh my god. Fucking seven times a day. Yeah, yeah, right now his brand new album Valiant Hearts is out on all streaming services and it is so 
fucking good. It's the best music he's ever made, and that's saying something. Yeah, it's, it's so fucking good. It's incredible, and if you're not listening to it, you're a genuine moron. You are an idiot. <laughs> Don't be a Lethian and listen to that shit. Don't be a dirty Cardi. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to have to be more racist to top that. <laughs> good luck, fucko. <laughs> Good luck, you redheaded shit. Yeah, uh, Juliet is my favorite song. It's That's like the a lead one. single. It's so yeah. good. I've listened to it a billion times. Yep. And I've linked it to people multiple times over and over again. Yeah, people hey, are going to get this? sick. People are going to get sick of me tweeting about it, but I don't care. It's great. Fuck them. Fuck them. Um, and uh, thank you to all of our patrons. Um,. Josh, what do you normally say at this point in the episode? We, you can go to Spotify or iTunes and rate and review our show. You can put whatever you want. Uh, I don't think we've had a new review in ages. I haven't checked in ages, so I yeah, could we be a liar. I have to open up iTunes? Oh, man. I don't know about all this. I don't know about all that clicking. <laughs> uh, so no, but it helps you us could, out. You could give us a cool review. Like, however you feel, let the world know the world know uh, thanks everybody for tuning in we'll be back in another week with another episode of m class oh bye 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 I'm mentally ill.